Hey, all my Casey Hills. Hi, all my Dylan. So, we're without Athony and Jackie this week. They're off doing pre-married people stuff. Yeah. So, uh, we had a lapse in judgment, and by judgment I mean recording schedules. Yeah. And so, it's come down to us to produce something to put out on Monday because... Uh, it is now the weekend before we are supposed to have a thing on the website, and we don't have a thing for the website. Because we are professionals, and what that means is that we will fail spectacularly in every respect of our responsibilities to you, our listening public, and then, uh, slap something together and put it out, because in our minds, something, no, no matter what, literally no matter what, is better than nothing. It's true. So, we, like... Yesterday we decided what we're gonna do. Literally um, yesterday. Yeah. And yeah. which means I have had zero time to do anything about it. Best way to uh, do it. Yeah. So it's more honest. It's much later in the day than we normally record. And yeah. I had work today and I've stuffed an almost an entire pizza in my head. Literally a monsoon outside my window right now. Yep. Yep. So we're gonna we're gonna do a thing. And that thing that we've decided to do. Uh, is play a little game called Dungeons and Dragons. You may Dungeons have heard of it. Dungeons and Dragons. It is literally a dark and stormy night, and we are gonna <laughs> do this. I'm excited. So, listeners, little little bit of background. Little bit of background. Um, Dylan and I have both been playing and running D and D in its various iterations: 3.5, Pathfinder, Fourth Edition, Fifth Edition, for a number of years. But our paths have not really crossed. Um, he's, he, he, I, I've done a lot more running than I have playing, like in a, in a, in a 90-10 split, easily. And many's the time I have tried to play under Dylan, play a campaign of his, and for whatever, whatever reason, it just has not worked over and over and over again. It has just failed to work. So we thought that we would take this opportunity to turn the reins of semi-automagic over to our own Dylan Hieronymus Spencer and let him run some 5th edition for me, Casey. Worth noting that that is not actually my middle name. Anyway. Prove um, it. I have a birth certificate somewhere. Can you, I was going to say, can you lay it to hand? I cannot. Okay, then I'm just as authoritative about this as you are. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Possession is nine-tenths of the law, which means not having it is also nine-tenths of me being the boss of your middle name. Okay, great. In any event, we're off to a great start already. We're off to a pretty us start. It, that, well, yeah. Consistency. Um, so, in addition to having tried to get you into a game for years literally, at this point. Literally years, yeah. Um, you have had a character that you've been wanting to work for literal I, years. Yes, for at least four years I have been trying to put together a character. I have made her in at least five different versions of this game, and uh, never once have I gotten to play her for more than two sessions. So um, I'm very excited. This particular build was actually put together specifically for Dylan to run, so I'm very excited to see. And uh, Dylan, if you're ready, I am ready to, to roll some dice here. Great. Uh, well, now, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, there will not be dice for a moment because we we have some narration to get into. Some oh, setting of the scene. Setting of the scene. What? Se- setting of the scene. You see. Position. Yeah. This is nonsense. This isn't something that our listeners are used to. <laughs> 
Oh, also, and this is not something you and I had discussed, so I'm going to spring this on you like Spring-Heeled Jack, the mysterious murdering monster of Victorian London. Oh, good, because you know what I love is surprises at the last minute. I know! It's a fundamental <laughs> facet of who you are. <laughs> uh, um, I had thought that, well, see, I ran 5e for more than a year, but I've never played it. And uh-huh. you've been running it for a little while. So I thought that, uh, much as, you know, in early episodes of Semi-Auto Magic, I mean, I've got my character built here, uh, ready to go, but I thought that we could make this a little, uh, kind of an intro to 5e for people who may not have played Dungeons and Dragons or may not have played 5th edition so that we could make it a little explainy both for their benefit and also for the benefit of me, the Casey, having never played it. All right. Yeah. That sounds good. Cool. Um, cool. 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 The things you need to know off the bat pretty much are that uh, D&D is a, and this is more for the listener's benefit than yours, because you already know this. No, tell um, me what D&D is. D&D is a very uh, rules-heavy sort of game. Um, fourth edition, D&D has a, a, a storied legacy, and in yeah. earlier editions, the rules have fluctuated between being very video gamey, uh, and I, that's, that's a hard phrase to explain, but we'll, we'll get into it more. Um, well, for, fourth edition was pretty literally a miniatures war game, which right. is not, not a bad thing even a little bit. It was just a hard left turn from what the series had historically been and, uh, was, was met with some criticism because of that. Right. So in, uh, for instance, in fourth edition, you play mainly on a grid. Right. Um, and all of your movement is counted in squares, and the range yep. of your attacks is counted in squares. And you it's have... all counted in uncool people, right? Um, and you you have squares. Yeah, I got I got it. Thanks. And and you have powers that are like when you click on an icon in World of Warcraft or Starcraft or something like that, where you... which is which is hilarious. Because the number one criticism aimed at 4th edition was that they're just trying to make a board game of Warcraft when Warcraft is 100% the grandchild of D&D. Right. Um, but so the the idea was that that it was, like you said, a, a miniatures war game more so than it was uh, what people had come to know and love about D&D, which is that it was... Uh, and, and D&D Next, which is the system we're using, also known as 5th edition, yeah. um, it, you have movement counted in feet, and you have um, you have so you gotta ability. chop off feet. If you want to go somewhere, you have to sacrifice a foot. So if you didn't cut a foot off the last person that you killed, you're stuck there until somebody else comes by and you can cut their feet off. Right. Um, yeah. And and you... So the the idea is that while there are a lot of numbers and rules and things involved in D&D, and especially there are a lot of dice rolls involved. Yes. Um, it is still very much a role-playing experience, first yeah. and foremost. Loose and free for me. Um, well, and, well, and another, and another thing is that like all games that are run by a person who is in charge of the rules and things like that, how important and how active the rules are varies wildly from group to group. Right. And I tend to stick very closely to the rules set out before me. Um, but that's not to say that I will not fudge them ever. Right. Um, for instance, if you can convince me that an animal handling role will work on something where I told you to make a sleight of hand check, I'll probably let you do it. Cool. Good to um, know. Yeah. So. Well, I'm excited. And, and that's the thing is as we go, as, as we run into the different mechanics of the game, we'll, we'll kind of explain them, I think. Sounds good to me. Alrighty. 
So, um, to set the scene. Okay. I'm comfy. Hooray! All settled in. I got my beverages. I got my dice. I have a bottle of water and a desk chair. So nice. we'll, we'll find out whether this works. Um, so the, um, the, the world of D and D is, is one that is, uh, variant, let's say. There are several different settings that people use, um, from Eberron to the Forgotten Realms to, to Greyhawk. Ravenloft. And Ravenloft. Um, and, and they which all... Which is, which is actually gonna be an official, officially supported, supplemented setting for 5e later this year. Neat. But so, yeah. like, all of these things are made reference to in the, the rule books and stuff. But all of the rule books make it very clear that if you set something in a world that already has an amount of fiction to it, none of that matters unless you want it to. Yes. Um, for instance, if I decided that Bahal, the god of murder from one of those settings, exists in my world, it does. And if I then decide that none of the other gods from that same setting exist, they don't. Yep. Um, which is really handy. And I love the way the fifth edition books are written because they are written with that voice in mind that while all of these rules and guidelines exist, it is as much the property of the dungeon master and the players in the campaign as it is the property of Wizards of the Coast. Oh, absolutely. And part of the beauty of running this game is that you are not only allowed to, but encouraged to steal freely from absolutely any source that you and your friends think is interesting in order to make a more interesting game. For example, a fourth edition game that I ran for a couple of years, um, the, the standard D&D pantheon, Bahamut and, uh, and Vecna and Grunsch and all those bad guys, that pantheon was, was not there. And instead in place was the, um, the seven gods from George R.R. R. Martin's, uh, Song of Ice and Fire, the Game of Thrones books. Yeah. And uh, who are who are actually one? It is a it is a septoon deity, one god with seven faces, and so that brought a really interesting theological aspect there. And that's the beauty is that you can just drag and drop, and whatever you like or don't like, you can put in and do stuff because there is no boss of you. You are god in this setting, right? Um, and and that's one of the things I love about D and D. But um, I love that I get to spend time and have a good time with my buddy Dylan. I love that I get to spend time and have a good time with my buddy Casey. Yeah, because uh, we don't get to do that enough. No, what with you living hundreds, living um, in the reddest state there is, <laughs> both in terms of the soil has a red pigmentation, and yeah. also it is a very Republican area. Arizona is the state that makes Texas afraid to clip its nails for fear of being called gay. Wow. Yeah. Alrighty. So, um, one of one of the things that. Uh, well, so I've got a a an opening narration written out that I used for the campaign that I'm running right now. Sure. Um that sort of apes from a lot of different material and and sets the scene as what is called a uh points of light in the darkness campaign, which is just to say that the world is very dangerous and outside of major cities you're probably going to have a bad time. Cool. Um but so the the opening narration goes thusly. Yeah, go for it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit back and, and let you do your thing. Welcome to Rahail. Rahail is a world inhabited by all of the creatures of your dreams. Elves, dwarves, gnomes, hobbits, all manner of civilized creature, and all manner of uncivilized creatures, too. However, along with the dreams come nightmare. The wild, the untamed, the dark, the irrational. 
the damned from goblins to the balrog to the almost king and his army of never were could have been the nightmares outnumber the dreams what kingdoms do exist under constant siege uh, and even within their borders not all roads are safe but there is hope there are heroes living and breathing who fight back against the they are the stuff of legends and the famous uh bards are always writing new songs it's hard to read my own writing sometimes because i did write you... like a fucking chicken did you write that i did okay first of all that was fucking amazing if i may <laughs> if i may use my my one swear per per measure of time um, and I spent it on you, big guy. Thank you. Second of all, listeners, I, I, w- I would like to illustrate that what just happened is the primary and fundamental difference between Dylan and myself as game masters. Um, I, I just make nonsense up as I go, and it, it seems to work okay. Like, they seem to have fun, and I have fun doing it. But did you did you guys hear that? Okay, the, look, this, this, this could easily just turn into an entire episode of me talking about how great Dylan is. But um, I just wanted to say that that was amazing, and I, I wrote down, like, six things because... The, what? The almost king? I need... Oh, God. Okay, yeah, tell me more. Uh, so... <laughs> so that was actually pulled from something else, which... I'm gonna let the listeners figure that one out. Still uh, amazing. If they can. Um, cause it was like a thrown away line in an episode of one show. So like, yeah. Uh, sure. anyway, the, um, your, your character, Kehelanya. Kehelanya. I'm sure we will be introduced to, uh, more formally soon. Yeah. I'll talk about her in a bit. Um, by the way, uh, listeners, we, we think this is going to be a long episode. So settle in. Yeah. Uh, Kehelanya comes from the Silent Savannah. Yes, she does. Uh, the Silent She went Sav- to Silent Savannah U. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's their mascot? Wheat. <laughs> All right. Um, so the Silent Savannah rests just north of the spine of the world, a great mountain range that carves in twain the entire planet. Um, the Savannah is a vast, uh, tropical grassland that is Inhabited by uh, many awful monsters, as well as several different warring tribes, um, your people, the Salasahim, are the are literally the people of the savanna. Sure. Um, Would you spell Salasahim for me? Uh, let me know that I remember how to spell sure. it. Is S A L A H S A A H I M. Sound the same. Cool. Uh, listeners, it may be worth noting that I put together a, a bunch of backstory for my character and gave it to Dylan, but uh, that got sprung on me. I didn't know that I was one of the Salasahim, and I'm so glad I am. Hooray! Um, also, it's interesting it, it's it's interesting that you say that name, that name means people of the savannah, is what you're saying? Yes. It's interesting to note that in almost every language of the pre-civilized, pre-industrial world, um, a group of people's name for themselves means the people or the humans. Yep. Yep. Um, also inhabiting the, uh, the tropical grasslands are tribes of Thrykeen, uh, as well as several different groups of various shades. There's a group of dwarves, some orcs, stuff like that. Um, it's a fairly diverse area, all things considered. Um, it's also quite a small area, all things considered, mostly centering around one large mountain, what the Salah Sahim call the Holy Mountain. We like that mountain. Yeah. Um, 
the various tribes of the savannah are in constant conflict. Um, the Salasahim stay nomadic as a way to protect themselves uh, with no real settlements. They don't have a place to be attacked. Um, if you, uh, I know you, Casey, would get this reference, but the people at home might not. The Quarians of Mass Effect lore are sure. a good uh, reference point in your mind uh, as a people of nomadic nature. Um, Always on the move. Exactly. I, I was I was going to reference the uh, the actual air nomads of the the Avatar: The Last ben- Airbender universe, but you know what occurred to me? They did. They weren't really that nomadic. No, they had they had temples where they just they hung built out. Monasteries. Yeah. Eh. Um. In any event, the one an place ambulatory people. Right. The the one place that the Salasahim do gather. Uh, is around the lo- the the holy mountain, not the lonely mountain. That's something else entirely. That's something else entirely. Um, and not the not the silver mountain because that's where Dio presides. Right. Sure. Whatever that's a reference to. I'm gonna send you a song later. Move okay, on. Okay, great. Um, so the Salasahim send a um will will generally send people across the spine of the world uh, as a means to ensure their own survival. Uh, they send out caravans of traders and merchants to go barter for the things that they cannot find in the savannah. Spices, silk, and high-quality DVDs. <laughs> All these things. Um, you, uh, Kehalanya, were sent on one of these expeditions, one of these pilgrimages, out to uh, human nations below the spine of the world. It was an honor. Upon returning, you find the savannah oddly quiet. Uh-oh. Wait, more more quiet than as would usually be denoted by a name like the Silent Savannah? Yes. Um, oh, boy. Normally there is a rustling of grass and trees sure. as the wildlife passes through, yeah. or the distant sounds of a battle. Or... Yeah, the, t- the tall stalk plays its song. Right. Um, however, as you cross the mountain pass... And descend into the valley that is the savannah. Sure. Uh, everything seems very still. Uh-oh. Um, there, there don't seem to be, uh, the customary, uh, envoys that would usually meet a traveler coming over the savannah. Well, um, yeah, they were supposed to, it's dangerous to travel by yourself. They were supposed to meet me here and get me back safely to the, to the, to the, to the mass. Right. Um, it seems that you're, escort never arrived well that sucks it does okay um well i think i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna pray for guidance okay um is that a thing that you are doing for flavor or is that an actual paladin mechanic no that's that's for uh for flavor Alrighty. um so it's worth noting the salah sahim's uh belief system does not pay fealty, or swear fealty, rather, to any particular deity. Um, your people worship your ancestors. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the worship of those ancestors elevates them to a status akin to the gods of the, the regular pantheon. Um, as you pray, the voice of some long-dead uh, woman speaks to you 
but you cannot make out the words. Oh, I pull out, I, I, I pull out from a, from a little like belt case. Um, I pull out a little, a little carven ivory, uh, like little totem guy. Mm-hmm. And obviously I've got way too many ancestors for each and every one of them to have their own totem. That's ridiculous. What am I made of ivory? <laughs> not a not. white, not a white spine for God's sake. So, um, I've just got this one little totem that kind of, kind of stands in, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, synecdoche for, for all of my ancestors. Um, and I hold on and I, and I concentrate and I, I, I vow to do w- what I can with whatever, whatever help they should see fit to give me. There is a, um, there is a warmth that passes over you. Awesome. And a sudden, Great pressure oh, pushing down upon you from all sides. Oh, is it a good pressure or a bad pressure? It's unusual. Okay, is it unpleasant? It is. What does it do to my sinuses? Uh, you're very clogged up now. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Oh. It's like, it's like when you go underwater and you try to breathe out and you can't and it just like there's this awful feeling of your head trying to burst from within. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't like that one bit. Is this is this familiar? Is this the feeling I get from my ancestors? No, this is entirely new. That's real bad. Okay. Um, then I am gonna put away my little totem, and I'm gonna I'm gonna beat feet. I'm gonna shake dust to uh where, by my calculations, the mass should be like where I was supposed to have met up with the mass with the help of my escorts. Right. Um. So using your uh, uh survival skill, I'm gonna say sure. um to pick out the landmarks that you would use for navigation. Well, yeah, because we you know we go around this mountain like that's that's what we do in like a, in like a migratory right cycle. So I've got like I've got like not star stuff because it's daytime. but like like the sun and other things like that. So I, I know what's what. But yeah, I'll the... roll. Uh... The the rolling hills off in the distance, the sure. uh, various artifacts of ancient long dead civilizations that still tower in the uh, tower on the horizon. Yeah, the the various landmarks that you know uh, from your travels. Yeah, the big rock. You know the 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 seat and domain of Lord Big Rock. Right. Yeah. Um. And being that you have just come over the spine of the world, uh, and you are now at the base of the mountain pass. Uh, and you can see the the um, the holy mountain uh, in the center of the plain. Hi, holy mountain. I wave to it. Y- you are the mountain waves back. Uh, you are yes. fairly decently aware of your position. Um, finding the migrant fleet uh, is going to be somewhat challenging. Sure. I would, I would also like the record to reflect that, um, that, that, that was a goof, but like, we believe our ancestors, like, we believe their spirits go to, to the mountain to, you know, like, that's where they, like, Olympus like. So I, I was actually saying, like, hi to my ancestors. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you want me to, you want me to roll? You want me to do something? Uh, yeah. Go ahead and roll a survival check. Cool. I'm going to do that. Um, so listeners in D and D, uh, much like the approaches back in our regular game, you have uh, a series of skills. Only D&D has a much uh, more specific set 
than just how you do things. They are indeed what you can do. So what Dylan's having me do is I've got a survival skill right here, which is a plus two. So I'm going to go ahead and roll the iconic 20-sided die or d20. Fusroda. Hell yeah. Uh, that is a composite 20, good buddy. That's wonderful. Um, I'm real good at surviving. You are. So I made it this far. Uh, you track the Ark of the Sun um, in relation to the Holy Mountain, and you're able to discern where the migratory mass should be. Uh, and you head off in that direction, um, just to the northeast. That way, ho! Um, oh, also, in the tradition of our app shoutouts, um, for Kehelanya's character sheet, I'm using an app called Fight Club 5E. It's free, and it is amazing. You put in uh, just the basic information about your character. It handles all the math. It's really comprehensive and cool. And uh, 5e is really easy to build a character, especially in comparison to 4th edition. But this is by far the easiest way to make and maintain a character I have seen. So 5e Fight Club. It's there pretty go. good. It's real, real good. And they actually have a separate one specifically for uh, DMs running the game as well. Yeah. So not our sponsor. We just think they're great. Go ahead. So the Salasahim migratory mass um, should be about an hour's walk from where you are. Sure. Um, and when I say walk, I mean at a br like a brisk march. Yeah. Um, like I, I and Dodlin. Right. I want to get home. Uh, so you head off in that direction, and as you travel, you find uh, that there is no wind on the savanna today. This is unusual. It's it's almost there is almost always a, a uh, low level breeze at the very least. Right. The entire savanna seems too still, um, and there's no tweeting of birds. There's no rustling of grass. There's nothing as you continue. Uh, you make it to where you think the migratory fleet should have been. Yeah. And you find their tents empty. Okay. Um, are they damaged? No. Is there All sign of a is there sign of a struggle? Uh, no. In fact, it looks as though things have just sort of been abandoned. So, like uh, Ro Roanoke style. Yes, exactly. Uh, okay. or more like ghost ship style. There sure. are still fires burning. There are Marie still Marie Celeste style. Okay. Yes. Uh, there are. Um, there are bits of laundry hung out to dry okay. there are um still half full cups of hot liquid um that is yep. still warm famous salasahim hot liquid yeah, various teas and things don't ask what we make it from and we won't tell you um it actually is a tea made from the uh the tall stock the 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 grain from from which we we draw most of our living exactly yeah um there are just no people here. Huh. Okay. Um, I'm discomfited by that, which I think is fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay, wait a minute. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna smell. I wanna, I wanna smell for our pack animals. The big old, uh, the, the, they're big old lumbering beasts of burden. And they're, they're all, all the time with us. So if they're still nearby, then so are my peeps. 
it's it, rather that I mean they wouldn't be here if my peeps were. We wouldn't we wouldn't just let our pack animals wander off with all our stuff. Right. So can I can I like do a like a like a smell check like a perception or something? Uh, perception would be the thing. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna perceive. Let's see here. Perception's not bad. So it's worth noting that within fifth edition there is um when. When you select your class, you get to pick a number of skills from a list, uh, and those skills are skills with which you have proficiency, uh, which lets you just add a proficiency bonus to that skill. And your proficiency bonus is dictated by your character's level. Exactly. Uh, Lanya is level two, which means that her proficiency bonus is plus two, which means that whenever I make checks involving uh, animal handling, athletics, nature, or religion, I get to add my bonus, which is plus two. Except, oh wait, I don't have to do that because this absolutely bitchin' app already builds in and accounts for my proficiency bonus in those skills. Which is pretty dope. It's real dope, you guys. Uh, anyway, well... It looks like that uh, that sinus problem I had from earlier is affecting me worse than I thought, because altogether that is a five for my sniff check. Uh, you do not smell uh, nor hear the movements of the pack animals. That worries me more than absolutely anything, because seeing the two of these, if one without the other makes no sense in the context of our lifestyle. Right. That is not a thing. So I am very, very worried. Um, I am going to draw my weapon and not like hold it out in front of me like, come on, but just, you know, like sling it over my shoulder just at the ready, you know, mm -hmm. like metaphorically uh, loosening your gun in its holster or whatever. Just, right. you know. And um, what and my, is your weapon? My weapon is a, it's a Ravach. And what that is, it's um, basically if you wanted to picture a botleth. From uh from the Star Trek universe, um, which is the big Klingon curved sword thing, right? Exactly. Yes, yeah. it's it's basically if you wanted to picture a big, um, slightly flattened crescent moon shape that uh, has handles on the edge, and you swing it around and do stuff with it, it's real cool. So I've got my Ravak, and uh, it's on my shoulder. And well, so that's actually another interesting point about D and D as a system is. That thing is a very specific instrument uh, that you have brought into the system that didn't exist before. Yes, sir. And so we could make up some stats for it that fall in line with uh, another weapon in the system. Or we can just say it's treated as a war axe, which I think is what we ended up doing. I Sure. I, I think I might have given you the numbers for it. but You it, did. You gave, me, you gave me 2d8 plus 4, I think, which is very kind of you. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and if you want to nerf that, that is your prerogative. You know what? I'm going to give it to you because I like the flavor. Thank you. So yeah, I've got, um, on my person, I've got my Ravach. Um, I've got some high stock cane javelins. Did I call it high stock or tall stock? I can never remember. Tall stock. Tall stock. Got some, some javelins made from tall stock cane for, for throwing. And you know, maybe for use, use as like a kind of a staff weapon, but probably not. And um, I've got a whip made from the hide of uh, the balahu, which are those um, those pack animals that we've got. So um, I've got I've got my my ravak on my shoulder, and there's no sign of a struggle. Is there any indication of like whence this exodus of my people might have gone? Like, is there any trail leading off somewhere? Or 
Uh, go ahead and make for me a nature check. Sure. Ooh, yeah. I've got proficiency in that. Uh, that is a composite 20, my friend. That's wonderful. Yeah, which, uh, uh for benefit of the listeners, um, D&D works on a d20 system, which means that all of the core rolls are made with a 20-sided die. Um, in the event that I were to roll and it landed on the 20, that is what is called a natural 20 or critical hit, and usually means automatic and spectacular success. Uh, whereas, inversely, landing on a 1 is a critical failure or botch, and something pretty terrible usually happens. So that's a composite 20, which I feel pretty good about. Yeah, um, which, to clarify... Uh, a composite 20 means he rolled some number on the, the die yes. that wasn't a 20 and then added some stuff to it and now it's a 20. Yeah, I rolled on my die a 13 and I have a plus 7 in nature counting, uh, my proficiency bonus and my, the scores that, that factor into that. So, um, wait a minute. That doesn't seem like that can be right. How do you have a plus 5 from your intelligence? Um... I don't. I have a plus three from my intelligence, and I have a plus two from my proficiency, and as a human, I think I also got to put plus two into something and something. Okay, sure. Whatever. Yeah. It, it, I, I am not trying to defraud your system, I promise. Yeah, no, that, was, that just struck me as weird. A plus seven at second level seems way too high. Yeah, well, it's, I've got, I've got it in nature and religion and, and a couple other things. So yeah, there's every possibility that I'm, that I'm doing this wrong. We can take a look at that later. Yeah. Anyway, um, a composite 20 allows you to discern that, um, there are no trails leading away from the camp. Um, there is one major trail leading to the camp and it is likely the trail left by the migratory fleet as it arrived. Um, it goes off for a good 300 yards uh, before it starts to fade and disappear as though uh, th there were folks trying to hide the path. Right, which is standard protocol. Right. Right. Leave only footprints, except don't even leave those. Um, that's real weird. Okay, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to my ancestors. I am going to, uh, get a little prayer on and see if they can tell me what happened here because they are with us always. And more importantly, they see all from the holy mountain. So if anybody would know what happened here, they would. Um, I'm gonna pull out my little totem again and, um, and I'm gonna take a, a string of, uh, prayer beads from around my neck and, uh, get into a, a customary prayer posture. Alrighty. Uh, is that going to be a uh, religion? It is, and you're going to make it at a plus 10 because of your religious artifacts. Hot damn tamale, thank you. Let's see here. Yeah, Lanya's real good at religion. Let's see here. Just like me. God! Well, my friends, you remember how a little bit ago I was talking about how there's a nat 20, and then I mentioned another thing that's like a nat 20, except it's a jerk? <laughs> <laughs> so I rolled a nat 1, which... I think my exact words were catastrophic failure. <laughs> Something along those lines. Something along those lines. Um, so, so this is important to note. Despite the fact that I have a plus seven in religion, just because that's how I built Lanya, and despite the uh, plus three that Dylan gave me because of contextual coolness and role playing. No, that was a plus ten on top of your other things. So that was I had a plus seventeen in religion you, for that role. You did, and I rolled a one. 
you did. Which means that all of that cool stuff um means precisely cuss all. Um so what's what's what happens the outward pressure that you felt uh from earlier yeah intensifies sure um and you feel yourself almost being crushed by the weight of it that's real real bad um you in fact take 4 damage oh okay of the psychic variety though uh, you don't have any damage resistances i don't believe so that i don't factor no. in. So, okay, I'm going to minus four hit points go. So I'm down to 19. You hear um, a wailing cry uh, coming from nowhere, but it sounds as though it's coming from everywhere. And through this torrent of cacophonous sound, you hear one word very crystal clear. Mountain. Well, yeah, I mean... (laughs) And then your prayer breed. Prayer beads shatter, and oh. the ivory figurine begins to melt no, in your hand. No, come on! I made those myself when I came of age. Those were consecrated by the oldest living member of our family clan. And now they have been destroyed. Come on! Well, okay. The good news is, Kehalanya is now the oldest living member of your clan. No. Wait, um, wait what? What? Nothing. What? Dylan! Hello. Okay. Um. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna hide a yon mountain and let's let's see what's going on there. Before before I do, um, I'm gonna gather anything useful I can from uh from th- this place. Is there anything anything neato or useful that I could take with me? Uh, besides the various provisions and and lifestyle tools and yes. and things Stand- like that. Standard noms. Uh. There isn't anything that we might call treasure. Sure. Um, we're, we're not a people rich in material goods. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, then I am going to, uh, put out the fires and, um, you said there was like food and stuff left out. So I'm going to seal that up and I just, I don't want, I mean, obviously I can't take all of this with me. I can't do anything with it. That's why we usually have pack animals. Right. Um, so I'm going to just put everything into a state of peace as best I can. Um, and I'm actually going to take a little nap just to, to clear my head. And because if what you're describing to me, Dylan, is the kind of sinus headache that I get about once a week in real life, Ilanya is not in a position to be doing much of anything. No. So she going to take a little lie down. Alrighty. Uh, and during a short rest, you may roll a hit die and recover that many hit points. Cool. I'm going to do that. Short rest. Go. Okay, I don't know how to use this app real well. Um, Let's see here. What is my hit die as a paladin? Is that a d10? Yes. Okay. So, I am going to roll my d10 or 10-sided die and recover that many hit points. Let's see here. Three! That's not bad. So, okay, back up to 22 because I know how to math. Good job. Okay, magic. And I wake up, uh, unless something bad happens while I'm asleep? Uh, nothing bad happens while you're asleep. Cool. Alright, so I wake up and I do some stretches and, um, I say a prayer to my ancestors for guidance and protection. Um, which is really weird because I don't have any of my paraphernalia. Right. Uh, and if like as we're go- I'm realizing that I've built Lanya more like on myself as a person than I realized, uh, which is interesting and something that happens in games like this. 
Um, as, as, as some people may know, I actually have a string of prayer beads that I wear every single day in real life. And, uh, I, I found myself without them for no real reason, uh, the, once last week. And I felt naked the entire day. It was, <laughs> it was real uncomfortable. So Lanya is, is doing as best she can without her, without her foci. Um, and, and then that said, she's, she's gonna, uh, head off toward yonder mountain, I guess. Alrighty. Um, nightfall approaches quickly. Um, do I you trip it? I don't think that's a, I mean, make an attack roll. I'm not, I'm not gonna attack nighttime. Okay. Um, this, this, this isn't a Garth Nix. Not Garth Nix. Uh, Anthony Piers. There we go. Piers Anthony! That's his name! <laughs> I got there! <laughs> Eventually. Eventually! <laughs> Uh, Garth Nix, Piers Anthony, I love you guys. Um, anyway, yeah, that was supposed to be a good joke, but instead I derailed everything. So it's night, you say? It's, it, uh, becomes night quickly as you trek towards the mountain. Sure. Um. I had a little nap earlier, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, the... I eat some, uh, eat some balahu jerky as, as I go on. The moon rises high above you as you continue your march. Sure. Um, that same still silence uh pervades the night air as it did the afternoon sure the moon is where our ancestors go on vacation from the mountain um they have a beach house at the sea of tranquility you arrive at the mountain uh when the moon is just falling uh over its um there's a word for when it's at its highest um Um, zenith that's the one there you go. Uh, falling just past its zenith. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, you. Okay, so it's like just past like midnight-ish? Yeah. Okay. You spot the trail uh, that your eldest ancestors would begin to ascend near the end of their lives. Oh, sure. Um, okay, that's weird for me. Um because, because like ordinarily, this this place is not somewhere Lanya would come until she was ready to ready to join the ancestors, right? Uh, ready to ascend the mountain. So that's it's it's basically like if you were a teenager and then for ridiculous reasons you were you were forced to visit your own grave. Yeah, and it's not it's I mean she's she's not super mad about it because it's it's you know like the way of her people. So she's not super duper creeped out or anything. It's it's just weird. There is a large wooden gate at the beginning of this trail. Sure. Um, yeah, the mountain gate. Yeah. Yeah. It is, um, it is completely open faced. Like there's no door on this. It's right. just kind of a big wooden shrine. Yeah. It's a lich uh, gate. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, the trail would take you up the mountain and past, uh, several entombed ancestors of yours. Right. Uh, if you were to climb it. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I look around. Is, is there any, uh, like, like sign of activity? Lanya would prefer, if at all possible, not to go up the mountain. Uh, right. so she's gonna, she's gonna kind of burn through all other possibilities first. Um, so yeah, is, is there any, is there any sign of fuss or, or anything around? Make a perception check. I'm gonna perceive. Let's see here. Wake up character sheet. Perception. Alright. Where's me 20? There it is. Do 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 do. 
Uh, Lanya rolls a 18. Alrighty. Um, you peer around the base of the mountain, and the only sign that something is amiss is the complete lack of any sort of movement. Mm-hmm. Um. I gotta go up that mountain, don't I? What if I don't want to go up that mountain? What if... What if, what if Lanya just wants to go back over the spine of the world and become, like, an actuary? That is an option open to you. Oh, she doesn't want to do that. She hates actuaries. <laughs> uh, there's a story there, but that's for another time. All right. Um, she met a fine woman named Karen. She did. Who was obsessed with pigs. Little piggy, little piggerines. And that's... Like, her people didn't have a problem with pigs before that, but after the stories, she brought back. Um, okay. Then, realizing what she has to do, but really, really, really not wanting to, she, um, she assumes her weird, uh, prayer posture as best she can without her foci, and, um, reaches out specifically to her parents, um, Abhorzen and Vinyaya, and asks them for strength and guidance in finding them if they are still alive, or finding out what happened and setting it to rights if if they are not, mm-hmm. and and the strength to uh, uphold the honor of her people. Okay, then uh, she loosens her whip in there, its in its holster. I'm sorry, go on. Uh, when you finish your prayer, I was not anticipating a response. There is uh, there is a chill that travels up your spine and then part of the weight that was around you lifts my parents are telling me to chill okay all right i feel a little better a little little lighter okay all right so um i'm gonna do as before i'm gonna have my my ravach on my shoulder and i'm gonna loosen my my whip in its holster or you know however a whip is i don't know how whips work um and i'm gonna set off uh up yonder mountain trail I guess. All right. You is there a save point nearby? There is not. Damn. Uh, D&D does not function like a video game. Well, where... you're the boss here. It could if you wanted it to. Uh, well, the trouble there is that um, that's not how souls work. When you die, your soul ascends to an astral plane. Oh, uh, okay. That's yeah. fine, I guess. Anyway. All right. Whatever. You begin to climb the mountain trail. Um, you... Uh, Climb the trail until daybreak um, before you see uh, any of the ancestral tombs uh, that you recognize now as your um, your fate, your ultimate fate. Oh, okay. So they're not, like, right there behind the Lich Gate. No, they are a ways up. Oh, okay. I thought it was just, like, literally, you take two steps at a slight incline, and one of them was like, here, this is where I shall be buried. (laughs) Yeah, no, so the, um... The ancestors. The Salasahim... Salasahim. ...perform a final rite at the end of their lives, where they ascend this mountain, um... And then they will build for themselves a small, uh, triangular hutch out of mud, um, which hardens in the sun. And they enter this hutch and, um, and entomb themselves, leaving only a small hole at the top, uh, for air. And then they enter a, uh, a trance-like state of meditation until their bodies are mummified 
within these mm-hmm. tombs. Yeah, uh, we call it the womb of the mountain. And it is thought that by completing this rite, uh, the ancestors' spirits will be able to ascend the rest of the mountain and join the, join the ancient ancestors in their temples at the top. Do I, do I see anybody I know? I mean, like the, like graves of, like, are, are there, I mean, cause, cause we're, we're into ancestor worship, obviously. So the are there, tombs like... are unmarked from the outside. The only way to know would be to break one open. And that doesn't seem in keeping with Lanya's character. No, that's, that's not going to happen. Um, riddle me this, Dylan. Yeah. What's, is, is there a, like a general layout to, Okay, I can't figure out how to ask this question, so instead I'm going to use an analogy. Um, in the book Pet Cemetery by Stephen King, one of my personal favorites, um, the titular Pet Cemetery started off as a small circle of graves and then expanded outward as the circle grew and more and more pets were buried there um, to the point where when you actually enter the the outermost ring of graves, those are the newest ones. And the closer and closer you get to the center, those are the oldest and oldest ones until you get to the very middle uh, of this series of concentric graves. And they're, you know, the graves are all worn and you can't even read them and, and the planks are rotted and stuff like that. So that is that is my question. Is there like a layout? Like are the ones nearest the foot of the mountain the newest or the oldest? Or is, is there a pattern at all? The... Uh, there doesn't seem to be a pattern. The okay, it's a personal thing, right? The right. the this point the at which to you. right the point at which an ancestor stopped climbing the mountain, um, is entirely decided by that ancestor. Um, they would climb until they could climb no more, or sure. they would find a spot that spoke to their soul, right. particularly, uh, or something like that. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, um, then I'm going to very reverently, um, make my way up and, uh, pass them, I guess. And, and Lanya is going to very self-consciously reach up and be very aware that, uh, her prayer beads are not there and feel not quite like her normal self. There is a, uh, a building pressure as you pass the graves, um... Well, yeah, barometric pressure. I'm climbing a mountain. You know you, that you should not be here, and it I feels really, really shouldn't. And it feels to you as though all of your ancestors are screaming and pounding and telling you to turn back. Yeah, it's that's kind of a thing in our culture, actually. When somebody's being a huge dum dum and tempting fate, or doing something really dangerous, or not even physically dangerous, but like if you do something that's gonna piss off your girlfriend, then they say, "Oh, that dude's going to join the ancestors a little early, isn't he?" So the the fact that I'm here now, when I don't, you know, physically, culturally appropriately need to be, is this this feels really wrong. Um, and I'm going to say a prayer or speak to my whatever 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 the metaphysical connection mechanism is mm-hmm. um and and just apologize for intruding and say i know i know this isn't right but i i need to find out what's going on here for your sake and for mine and please uh grant me your strength instead of your fury or something to that effect the pressure continues to build all right um okay i'm going to i'm going to hunker down for a second okay and I'm gonna um I'm gonna do 
like a like a ritual because there's we we have we we have personal prayer which is you know just you speaking to the ancestor and and then the, we have we have mechanical rituals as well so i'm going to i'm going to find a relatively flat place like just a little you know place where it's not ascending right um, a little gonna, plateau yeah exactly thank you um i'm going to i'm going to clear off some some dirt into a nice level surface as best i can and i'm going to uh i'm going to draw a circle around myself with um the tip of my ravach uh, pretty, pretty big, not like right, uh, not like right around me foots. So I'm standing right in it, but maybe like, I don't know, uh, five, six feet across big, yep. big circle. And I'm going to start, um, one of the rituals of my people, which is designed to, uh, bring us into this mystic state of communion with our, like our, our people's communal subconscious or oversoul or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And so I'm I'm doing this thing where I, I entered the the ritual state and I represent the mountain itself, and I draw you know the four the four points of the compass and what they mean to our people what what these these places around the mountain have historically culturally meant to us in our in our religion and in our history, and I and I trace with my ravach uh, I go around um, clockwise the way that we travel around the mountain, yep. and I draw this series of of glyphs that basically tells the story of our people, um, and then when I reach the very end, almost completing the circle, uh, I scratch a new small series of of ideograms um that translate to something to the effect of like um and then kahelanya ascended the holy mountain to uh preserve the honor of her people as best she could and hoped she would have their blessing or or, or something like that okay um and then she does another circle around that one, so it becomes basically a, a versical around it. Right. And with that, the ritual is complete. Alrighty. Um, the pressure that you felt building continues to build, and it continues to build. Well, there is... Uh, it's almost like prayer doesn't work. There is finally a breaking point uh, as you near the end of the ritual. Um Oh, and, this is mid ritual. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's snark, that snark was uncalled for. Go on. The uh, inscription that you lay down last um, seems to calm the fury for a moment, and then it returns stronger than ever. Uh, Great, slamming into you, and in fact, you stagger towards the edge of this plateau. Oh boy! Uh, well, that's not good. God, can you imagine being the jackass who fell off the holy mountain? Well, I mean, everybody else is dead, so I guess they wouldn't know. Dead or missing. I mean, I, either way, nobody's going to know Lanya fell off this mountain. Um, okay, how do I not fall off this mountain while in the grip of a sinus migraine? Uh, so you, um, this isn't actually a, you are not in danger of falling off, you just sort of staggered towards the edge a little bit. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Do I see anything interesting over the edge? Uh, you see the tombs that you have passed on your way up. As you wind your way around the, sure. the mountain pass. Um, and from here you can look out on the, uh, mostly eastern side of the savannah. Uh, I always like that side. In the, um, in the morning light, 
the savannah seems to burn a bright gold color. It's um, real pretty. You spot something shining in the distance, but you're not sure what it is. Well, it's shining. I mean, I guess I could go back down and... I mean, okay, a- answer me this. Um, the-, the pressure has been increasing proportionately and steadily as I as I go up, right? Right. Okay, is Lanya going to be able to... Not physically, because this is psychic pain pressure, whatever. Is Is Lanya going to be physically capable of progressing up the mountain past this point? Uh, yes, but the mountain is very tall, and right. you don't know if you can make it to the summit. Yeah, that's fair. <sighs> hmm. I am honestly not sure what to do. Um, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a little, it's not a ritual. It's not, um, it's, it's not like dogma. It's not, you know, like a part of our belief system. It's something just kids do. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm on this, on this same, I'm gonna very reverently and gently clear away that circle I made. Um, and in the same place, I'm going to, uh, just draw, like, an X, and in each quarter of the X, um, I'm gonna put, like, the glyph for, uh, yes, no, um, uh, answer unclear, and, uh, like you're not asking the right question or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to take a, uh, one of my, one of my tall stock javelins and just break off like little tip and, um, carve like a pointed, uh, it, like scratch an arrow into the, I picture tall stock as being kind of like bamboo and you know how it's got like segments. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this segment, I'm taking it and I'm scratching into the side of it, just a really big, really obvious arrow. Okay. And, um, I asked my ancestors to just, just, can you just friggin' help a guy out? Like, I'm, I'm really doing li- everything I can here, and I would appreciate just any measure of guidance besides crippling psychic pain up in me mind sinus. The sinus chakra. So, um, can I, can I roll religion just to, like, try to get a blessing? Sure. Cool. Thank you. Um, sorry. Let me wake up my phone. Uh, religion. Okay. That is a 15. I'll take it. Um, and with that, with a prayer for guidance, just for seriously anything on my lips, I toss the, um, the, the piece of tall stock into the air and I, and I spin it and it comes down. I'm actually going to retcon that real quick. Um, it's another circle and the answers are in the four compass points. Cause okay. obviously if I, if I draw this thing and then it comes down on it, it's going to mess it up. So I toss it and it lands in the circle and obviously whichever thing the arrow points at, is um is the you know the answer and as it's in the air i say ancestors am i am i doing the right thing not like don't do it it's too dangerous am i like like don't don't worry about me am am i doing what is correct in trying to ascend the mountain here uh the stalk of tall stock um floats in the air for a moment and it hangs there what um Oh, that's cool. No one's going to believe this. And then it falls outside of the circle. What is even... What does that mean? Okay. Oh, God. Dylan, I love you, but I play this game to escape a world where seeking answers from a higher power yields no effective advice. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, well, then I'm going to take that symbolically... I guess, because when I did the ritual earlier, the center of the circle and me symbolizes the mountain itself. So by 
the stalk representing my question and therefore symbolically representing me, if it doesn't fall in the circle, then that, I guess that symbolically represents me leaving the mountain. Okay, so, um, I'll, I'll take it. That's fine. Um, I take the little, the little thinger, the little, uh, the little segment, and, um, I put it into the little case where my totem, the totem that I carved myself out of a chunk of, uh, ivory from the first tusk of the first balahu that I ever taught to wear a pack. So, anyway, um, I'm gonna put that in the little case there, and, uh, I'm gonna head off back down the mountain and head off to see what, uh, what that shiny thing was, I guess. I mean, Anything's anything's better than worsening my own headache step by step at this point, so. Uh, as you descend the mountain, the pressure does not lift. What the heck? Okay. Um, sure. The weight of your ancestors only seems to grow uh, the more time passes. I don't... Okay. Uh, you make it past the Lich Gate at the bottom of the mountain. Yeah. Um, and as you pass that gate, there is a uh, warming wash over you. Awesome. Um, and the mucinex is kicking in. The pressure lifts. Uh, it's still there. Right. But it's not. It's workable. Right. It's not as yeah. bad as it was. Um, okay. Well, I say a prayer of apology, I guess. I'm sorry, you guys. I was just trying to, like, I was just trying to do the right thing. Um, I'm gonna go see if this thing is the right thing, and so uh, I'm gonna head off towards the the shiny I saw on the horizon. All right, make a perception check for me. Cool. Also, I would like the record to show Dylan that I think you've had me do more dice rolls in the past what hour than I in like any four episodes of semi-auto magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here, and I'm having a grand old time. Uh, perception, you say? Yeah. Okay, uh, that will be a 12. Alright, um, the shining object you saw in the distance, uh, does not appear to have moved. And you are that able- That was, that was considerate. You a- you're able to keep your eyes fixed on it as you move towards it. Cool. Um, it's Wait, is as- it like tall? Is it what- How it am is, I able to- It is quite tall, in fact. Oh, okay. Um, and it is not, uh, as far away as it seemed at first. Okay. Well, th- I, m- I might need to clarify this, actually. When when I say Tallstock, our main harvest plant, it's literally, like, it's as tall as a person. Mm-hmm. But if we're seeing this above that, and that could just be, like, a chunk of the Silent Savannah. That doesn't have to be the whole thing. Like, we're, we're passing through Tallstock country, Sonny. Right. So, yeah. O- okay. So this is a real, real tall thing. This is a... This thing is taller than a person. Tall thing uh, ho. You... Make it to the tall thing, the tall shiny, uh, and you find it to be the curved spear blade, uh, atop a, uh, tall stalk haft, uh, that is wielded by the Thrykeen tribes. Oh, these jackasses. Sure. Uh, this weapon has a red cloth tied to it that okay. is, um, that is hanging limp. In the windless savanna, it's a it's uh, a windless windlass. Sure. Uh, yes. The um, quest question. I'm sorry. Yeah. Real quick. Does that, to the best of my knowledge, um, does that red uh, cloth symbolize or or represent anything? Is that like a signal or a code of any kind? 
the Thrykeen that you and your tribesmen have met, um, who we refer to as those jackasses, right? Uh, seem to have different colors of cloth tied to their spears, but you've never been able to figure out what they mean. Weird. Um, okay. Um, what's a what, what's a Thrykeen? <laughs> uh, it's a large bugman. Oh, a bugman. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm done with a bugman. Uh, they they are three toed, I believe, and three fingered, and they have sure. chittering mandibles. Can we uh, communicate with them? Attempts have been un- unsuccessful. Okay, are we actively hostile toward one another? The Thrykeen eat humans. Sure. Um. Like, so do yes. They, do they? Okay. So they will. So it's reasonable to assume that if they find me, they will at least attempt to murder and eat me. Yes. Okay, um, this weapon, um, is stuck into the ground a couple of inches and propped up with a mound of dirt around the the base. Sure. Um, standard spear propping procedure. But it seems to have been left here. Uh, you don't see the telltale signs of, uh, of the Thrykeen nearby. Sure. Oh, that could mean a lot of things. That could be a border, like a boundary marking. That could be like a uh, like a call for reinforcements. It could mean a lot of things. Um, this this spear does it look like it's seen use? Like, is this a practical weapon, or does it look like ceremonial? Or uh, this is the weapon that they would carry into battle. Okay, so this this is like an everyday service spear. Yeah. Okay. Um. And there's, is there anything else, like, in the area and surroundings? Uh, make for me a perception check. Yeah, man. That is... That was my dice roll sound. Um, I liked it. That'll be a 21. Pretty good. You don't spot uh, anything out of the ordinary besides the same stillness that has plagued you for the last day and a half. Sure. Okay. Well, uh, any port in a storm, I guess, and, uh, well, even if that port traditionally wants to murder and eat you, but, I mean, whatever happened to my people, whether they're dead or missing, could, oh, wait, there's an easy way to check. Um, Dylan, can I do, like, um, can I do a thing where I try to get like a spiritual census? Like, can, can I basically see if an enormous number of new ancestors have popped up into the Pantheon recently? Uh, make a religion roll. I'm gonna... Here. Uh, I gotta be honest, I was I was a little bit worried about two-person D&D, which, mm-hmm. you know, traditionally is... That's, that's a little low for an effective party. But um, I'm having a ball, and I want you to know that. I hope I'm our glad. I hope our listeners are enjoying it. I I really do. But honestly, all you guys, I'm really more concerned with what Dylan's doing right now because this is this is the most fun I've had all week. Um, let's see here. Go religion. That is going to be eighteen. The pressure that you have felt uh, as you pray, sure, um, is a major indication that something has gone terribly wrong. Okay. And that your ancestors are trying to communicate with you, but they cannot. Okay. Um, there is also um an intensity to this pressure that you've never felt before. Okay. Um that's not super helpful. That's God's for you. Um huh. 
Okay. Well, something's terribly wrong. So if if they're not all dead, then they're at least in terrible danger or something. So, um, yeah, again, going back to my original point of reasoning, whatever happened to us could easily happen to the Thrykeen. So I guess my only chance is to uh, try and communicate with them and get some help. Our relations with the Thrykeen, um, hostile though you describe them to be, uh, they'll try to kill and eat me. That's fair. That's that's their culture. I'm not going to knock it. We do some stupid stuff, too. Um, probably. <laughs> Who knows? Um, well, I mean, they're bugs. Bugs are bugs are cannibalistic. It's you know, it's it's how they roll. It ain't a mammal thing. But, you know, you do you. Um, but our relations, are they hostile to the point where, like, well, will will they on site just like swarm and murder? W- would it be possible if they showed up? Could could I raise raise my hands and very clearly be like whoa 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 just a, just just a second, and and they would stop trying to kill me for a second. Likely not. Likely not. Damnation. Um, is there a chance that I've secretly been working on how to speak Thrykeen? There isn't, unfortunately. I've got, wait, I've got languages. Let me see which languages I have. Um. Oh, good job, past Casey. <laughs> Apparently, Lanya's languages, in addition to common, are jive and smack. <laughs> do do the Thrykeen happen to speak either jive or smack? They do not. They, in fact, what? speak chittering bug. Well, that was the elective no one took. They had to cancel that. <laughs> um. Okay. I think by the monster manual they speak something like undercommon or something weird. Sure, that's fair. Untercommon. Okay, well, I just have no earthly idea what to do now. Um, huh. Well, you see, listeners, this is, this is where a party where numerous people usually comes in handy because other people can think of things you can't. Um, especially when there's something that the dungeon master thinks is really obvious and is astounded that you haven't picked up on yet. Um, um, Kehalanya has been marching f- for, I'm gonna say, 40 hours straight by this point. Yeah, she's pretty pooped. Okay. Um, it okay. Would, it would behoove you to rest before you become exhausted. Fair. Um, okay, I'm gonna get, um, a good piece away. Do the Thrykeen, to the best of our knowledge, have a written language? Uh, not that you are aware of. Fair enough. Okay. Um, I'm gonna get a good piece away from that spear. Um, in fact, w- would it be feasible in a relatively short amount of time to get back to, uh, the remnants of that camp that I stumbled upon? Uh, before nightfall, absolutely. Okay, cool. Then I- I'm gonna I'm do that. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna set up, like, uh, like a campfire and a pot of stew and some, maybe some be- bread bacon. Um, not bread bacon, although that does sound delicious, whatever the, whatever bread bacon might be. But I'm gonna set some bread to baking. Um, just in like the, the ashes of the fire. We, we have a method. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna eat a little food and I'm gonna make up a bed or bedroll or whatever my people sleep in. Hammocks! Why not? We sleep in hammocks. <laughs> um, I'm gonna set up a hammock and I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab some tall stock mm-hmm. and I'm gonna just like kind of bundle it up into a, uh, into like a bale. And I'm gonna put it in the hammock and basically, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dummy it up and make it look like somebody is sleeping in that hammock. Okay. And then I am going to go opposite that tent uh, into the tall stock and build just like a little um, kind of like a duck blind. I'm going to just I'm going to bring I'm going to bring the tall stock down to form like a little like a little dome um, 
tied at the top around myself. Not unlike our ancestors' uh, final um, mound thingers, right. actually. Um, so I'm going to do that, and I'm going to leave it clear enough so that I can see the camp. And uh, I'm going to say a prayer to my ancestors. And um, it's it's the kind of prayer that religious listeners will be familiar with. It's the kind when you when when words are difficult and you don't really know what or how to say it, so you just kind of go <laughs> out into the ether and hope <laughs> that that can be parsed and helped somehow. All right. And, and then uh, Lanya is going to settle in with her view of the camp and fall into a uh, in, into the, the the most restful sleep that she can. All right. Um, it is unfortunately not very restful sleep. Sure. Um, because late into the night, you begin to see a vision. Um, your consciousness returns to you, but you are not where you fell asleep. Okay. Uh, you are, in fact, in a large, empty black void. Oh, that's not a good thing. Surrounding you are the ethereal forms of your parents, <gasps> your brother, your sister... <gasps> your neighbors, um, and the other members of the migratory fleet. I'm super excited to see them all, even that guy I hate. And their forms uh, are all uh, encircling you. Sure. But they are all looking away from you. Oh, um, am I being shunned? No, they are all looking in one direction. Oh, okay. Um, which is at a large, um, oh. translucent, oh. but but colorful wall that is shifting between purples and greens and blues. Sure. And on the other side of that wall uh, stands a large uh, temple-like structure, Ooh. Uh, which is the supposed hall of the ancestors, which sure. resides at the top of the mountain. Right, which doesn't doesn't physically exist to the best of our knowledge. Right. Right, uh, it's, and... it's, it's like a belief construct that you're right. There is a pressure being exerted on the wall that you can see in Ooh. the way the wall is being warped and, and, uh, it sort of undulates toward you and then away. Ooh. Um. Like a psychic tide? Yes. Uh, and that, uh, wall separates your ancestors, the ones, your, your close family ties, um, Away from the ancestral hall. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So this is present. This is preventing them from from reaching their rest. Right. Um. And as uh as the spirits around you try to break through that wall, uh, they sort of throw themselves into it with their full weight. Um. But but they they ghosts, right? They contact the wall, and then dissolve into fog. And then oh God! And then they reform near you. Oh okay, jeez. Um, it is a symbolic act of them trying to break through the wall and not oh. not being able to. All right, and like most symbolic acts, it practically speaking accomplishes nothing. Exactly. Damnation. Um, the vision warps. And begins to fade from your eyes, and you are left in the black void as Great. one spirit remains. Hi. Uh, do is, I recognize this spirit? You do not. Oh. Uh, the temple on the other side of the wall has faded away, but this spirit remains on the other side of the wall. Okay. Um, and it seems to be 
What, on the side of the wall with me? No, on the opposite end. On the opposite side. Okay, okay. So he, uh, this has presumably come from the temple. Right. And this okay. this spirit is trying to communicate with you, but no sound reaches your ears. Could I convince you that my people traditionally have a silent hand gesture system? That this may in fact be the jive on my character sheet? You can. I would like to cash that in, please. Yes, jive is a uh, is a Salah Sahim sign language, or SSL. Alrighty. Um, do you flash your jive at this ancestor? I sure do. I sure do. I, um, I, I, uh, yeah, okay. I sign, um, just very, very, very basically, uh, how I help. And, and I gesture, I've got the, the sign, the sign for help is, uh, simple and gestural. Like it goes from, I help you, you help him, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And so I, I gesture from myself to the crowd of, well, I mean, they're not there anymore, are they? No. No. Okay. Well, I gesture where they were, and I trust him to get the point. Yep. And and then I gesture back to me, and then back to him, and just 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 back and forth a whole bunch. How do I how do I help? Um. The uh, your ancestor looks very confused at the wild gestures. Um, and he turns to his side, and then he doesn't fade away, but his face sort of goes out of focus, like you can't make it out anymore. Right. And then his entire form does the same. Oh, good. And then somebody else is standing there. Oh, who's this? This time a woman um, who... Uh, go ahead and make an insight check for me. An ancestor. Uh, insight. Cool. Let's see here. Insight. Carol. Uh, luck be a lady tonight. That is a 19. This woman... Um, there's something about her face that you recognize and you think about it for a moment and you realize that you have only seen this face once or twice in the very distant past when you were a small child. And this is a younger form of your great-great-grandmother. <gasps> Great-great-grandma Dashu? That's the one. Oh. Um and she... Okay. Did did I'm I'm sorry. Did the, did the sign language not work? Did did the drive not work because that particular ancestor was bef from before the time we developed that? That is the case. Son of a bitch. Okay. Um, was drive used and known in the time of Dashu? It was. Okay. Cool. Uh, I also interrupted you. Go on. Uh, she begins signing at you. Yes. Um... She uses an old timey dialect. Like there's a sign for ye and thou. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Um... Ye old jive. Ye oldie jive. Um, it's spelled with two E's. Yes. Um, and she, uh, she makes some gestures that you're not quite familiar with. Right. Uh, so I'd like you to make an insight roll. Yes. See if I can get some context up in this piece. I would try to make an argument that there is also a finger spelling alphabet, much as in American Sign Language, but I think that would be pressing my luck. Also, let's see here. Also, I'm not sure that it has any correlation to our written language, which is, uh, you know, ideographic in the first place. Uh, I'm sorry, was that insight? Yes. Cool. Here. Be cool. Oh, hot damn tamale. Yeah, that is a 21. Her accent is flawless. Uh, you get that she is uh, trying to communicate the phrases 
save them and um, leave the savannah. What? But great, great grandmama. Here, um, ah, uh, okay. I sign back. Um, I sign back. How do both? Um, because you you gotta understand, she was born and raised walking a circle around this mountain. This this is like her whole world. This is this is her home. This is where her people come from. So the the idea of leaving the savannah like permanently is it's it's not how that works. Your great great grandmother shakes her head and um, shrugs her shoulders and signs, "Don't know." Yeah, well, fair. I mean, and she signs again, "Save them." Okay. Um. All right. Then I I get I kind of accept it. I suppose even if I don't completely understand. Um. And I and I catch her attention, and I just. I just gesture, and Lanya is so sad. She's just the most heartbroken little puppy who's also carrying a giant bladed battle crescent. Um, and she she just catches the attention, and she gestures like a little tiny kid. She just signs, "You help me." Um, your great great grandmother nods, um, and appearing behind her are the ancestors that you assume were uh, residing in the temple. Before the wall went up, <gasps> um, and they all, um, they all give you the uh, Salah Sahim salute, Ooh. Uh, which is one hand placed to the chest, um, and then another outstretched in a solid fist, um, and this is meant as a promise that they will do what they can. It's interesting because that's also uh, that's also the sign for like. It technically means ancestors be with you, but it means like, you know, good luck or God willing or inshallah, that kind of thing. I, I go, I go up and, uh, with, with uh, Lanya with tears in her eyes, flowing freely, assuming there's gravity in this void. Metaphysics! Anyway, um, she goes up to the wall and, um, if she touches this wall, is something bad gonna happen to her? Cause like, um, she ain't dead. You don't know. Fair enough. Um, she goes up as close as she can and, and puts her hand as, as close as she can without touching the wall to, uh, where great, great grandmama Dashu, um, is, is standing. Uh, she makes the same motion to place her hand over yours. She, uh, she pulls, pulls her hand back, places it over her heart and does the, does the salute with them and then, uh, turns and, she she doesn't know how to end this spiritual Skype call, and she's real, real sad and would basically not like to cry in front of literally every member of her family that has ever existed. So um, she's, she's just going to turn around and try to hang up the phone, basically. All right. Uh, you turn around, and from behind you, you hear a thunderous boom. Thunderous broom, private eye. Um, looking back, you see... Uh, a small crack form in the wall. Ooh. And then that crack is resealed. No! Uh, your ancestors all stand, uh, watching you. And there's another fine, there's another thunderous boom as they all, uh, all of their ghostly forms, uh, become one ghostly form. Yeah. That strikes the wall. And there is that same crack. And there is that same mending of the crack. And then the, the reforming of your ancestors. And okay. this, this image repeats several times, 
uh, fading each time, the crack appearing and then mending, and then appearing and then mending. Uh, and as the vision fades... Uh, Wait, is it, is it too late to do something? Uh, go for it. Okay, I wanna I wanna run back and I wanna catch their attention when they're all trying to like regroup and reform, and I and I wanna sign. Wait, wait, stop! I do too. You, me, same time. Um, they don't seem to catch your meaning. Uh, and the the oh great way to be stupid, old people. The ghostly form continues to reform itself. Uh, strike the wall. The wall cracks and mends. Okay, so this is they're stuck in a loop. Okay. And this, this, um, this image fade, uh, keeps repeating as it fades from your view, uh, and you are left awake in your dome on the savannah. Okay. It I is feel bad. just before daybreak. I feel bad about that, about not trying. I mean, well, I mean, they're, they're, they're the, they're the collective oversoul of my people. If they couldn't break through this wall, I doubt there's much I could do to help, metaphysically speaking. Okay. Um, I sit up in my little, my little tall stop teepee. Um, and I, I peek out, are there any, any Thrykeen or anybody nosing around my camp? Uh, make a perception th- check. Yeah, cause I gotta tell ya, uh, Lanya's got a lot of feelings going on, and it would be real great to have somebody to take those out on. Let's see here, um, perception you say? Yep. Cool. Well, that's an eight. No, nine. Let's hope that makes a difference. There is only the same stillness that there has been for the last two days. Damn it, I would have loved something to chop in half. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's not your fault, except literally everything about the situation. Um, okay. Well, she, uh, reaches up and she, she tugs the master stock and the entire TV just kind of unfolds at once. It's pretty cool. Um, and she, uh, she, she breaks that camp. You know, takes care of the fire and da, 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 da. and um, she 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 bundles up all the tents and things because again, there's not really much she can take with her. She's just one person. Yeah. Um. So she bundles all that up and puts like a tarp over it. Is there like a big um, like a big flat rock or did we have like now? I mean, I mean, like I feel like wood would be really like rare and precious in our society, so we probably wouldn't just have some hanging around. But, I mean, do, do we have any, like, basically something big and flat that I'm capable of marking? Um, only the outsides of the tents. Okay, then I'm, uh, then I'm gonna take some charcoal and, uh, write on the outside of the, the tent in our, in our ideographs, um, Kehelanya, daughter of, uh, Abhorzen and Vinyaya, great-great-granddaughter of Dashu, um, will honor her people and return to the mountain from whence she came. But today is not that day. And she kind of puts the tarp, put the, puts the, like the tent, stretches it over like the pile of stuff mm-hmm. and just weighs it down with, with rocks as best she can. Um, and then she turns and, uh, realizes she doesn't know which way to go. So there's, there's a big mountain behind her. Um, which leaves basically three directions to go. Go ahead. I... So the silent savanna is enclosed on all sides by, uh, high mountain peaks. Sure. Uh, to the west, uh, is a vast ocean, um, 
but the there is no shore for the These savannah. Are just just like cliffs. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cliff Clavin. There is Cliff Bars to the east. Clifford, the big a red land, dog. A land called the Ashenlands. Sure. Odd bodes. It is a large gray wasteland, uh, the size of, uh, the size of the entirety of the kingdoms of man put together. Whoa. Um, to the south yeah. over the spine of the world is the southern kingdoms of man. Kingdoms of man. Now the ashen lands, um, are they like that because they're just like badlands? Like, you know, just a natural sort of like wasteland area? Or did something bad happen? Is it, like, um, blighted? The ground is gray and nothing grows there. Okay, that sounds like a blight to me. So, I'm not gonna go there. Because that sounds like an area for a higher level person than me. Um, could go to the cliff, see if there's anything interesting going on there. See if any of, uh, see if any of those cliff-dwelling merchants are back. But it's not really the season for them. Uh... All right, well, uh, Kingdoms of Man it is, I guess. All right. Cool. You begin your trek towards Mountain Pass that brought you home, and that is where we will end this episode. Okay, but wait, before before that happens, yeah. um, Jim Croce's I Got a Name starts playing. Sure. I don't yeah. know what that song is. Okay, you'll, it's, it's, it's a good, did you see Django Unchained? I didn't. Oh, wow, okay, problems building up. Anyway, um... I'm furious. I need to know what happens, like, real, real bad. Um, and listeners, if you enjoyed this, please say so, and hopefully Dylan and I will get to do this again, because Lanya needs to know what happened, what is happening, what is going to happen, just all all of the tenses, all of the temporal conjugations. Um, I love being an absolute monster to you and your ancestors. Yeah, I, I've picked up on that, Dylan. <laughs> um, so, uh, damnation. Um, I'm, I'm really super mad. Um, I, I can tell. I'm right. really, I'm really, really angry. Also, I'm really angry because I thought of a really great thing to say from the plateau on the mountain and I forgot to say it because I got distracted by the, I literally got distracted by a shiny thing. <laughs> What was your cool thing to say? Damn it all. The cool thing to say was, after she did the circle, you know, the, the, the Charlie Charlie, whatever it is, uh, what's us, and it fell out the set, and she was like, okay, I'm gonna go back down the mountain. Um, it was, I was gonna stand there and be like, Kehalanya stands on the plateau where one day she will build her final resting place, but today is not that day. Ooh. Exactly, she would head down the mountain. So just, just pretend I did that okay. cool thing. Listeners. Good job. Um, listeners, thank you for joining us. Um, this, the, uh, inaugural episode of, uh, what we're tentatively calling semi-automagic Gaiden. Gaiden! Den! Um, Gaiden Mark J. Cat. Celebrated exactly. low cat. Winner so, of the Desi. The so award. yeah, this is, this is a fun side story thing that we might come back to, uh, yeah. We might do. Um, and if and we it, do, great. If not, you know, yeah, and you'll honestly, never know what happened to Kehalanya. Like, well, okay, okay. Um, I'm not okay with that future. But, um, <laughs> um, listeners, uh, you know, we always solicit feedback. We always love to hear what you think. Some of you are more vocal than others. Max! 
Um, and that's great. We absolutely love hearing from you guys, whatever you have to say, even if it has to do with my insensitive portrayal of Jewish Italian vampires living in the Portland area. Um, but if this was something you enjoyed, let us know because I mean, like Dylan and I could just play this game on our own. Like we could, we could just kill a Saturday that way, but it's true. Yeah, but if this was something that you guys enjoyed and want to hear more of, then by God, let us know, because we love making content for you guys, and this would give us a, a, another excuse to do that, not that we need it, really. It's true. Um, Dylan, thank you so much. This, I, I can honestly say, that was the most fun I have ever had playing Dungeons & Dragons. Well, thank you, Mr. Hills. Um, you're, you're welcome. I thank have a you. lot of, I have a lot of fun... Uh, game mastering and have never really had an uh, an opportunity to do it and recently i've started a fifth edition campaign with a group of of, of goons that i see yeah. in person um and doing it there and doing this here are very different experiences but i love them both yeah completely um, different experiences and man i really i really like uh being on this side of the the folding screen Yep, it's you actually use a screen. I do. You guy, Gaxian Mothercosser. <laughs> did you roll? The players don't need to know. <laughs> they don't, oh, especially not when I roll. You know, twenty-seven damage and tell them it's only sixteen. Well, exactly, and that is your prerogative as the DM. That's usually a conversation I have with them, but that's also definitely your prerogative to say, eh, I'm going to be merciful here. Yeah, and like historically, I like running D&D much, much, much better than I like playing D&D because it's really, really difficult in a group of any size for your character to get any spotlight time. And it's it's not that I'm like, oh, thank God, a game about me. That's That's not what I mean. It's just really cool to be able to have the DM's attention and be able to ask the questions you need to without, you know, taking away from other people's time or, you know, lessening their experience of the game. Because this is a very social game in a very social situation, and usually if you're playing with people, you like and know them and don't want them to, you know, have a bad time playing the game. So it was really cool to just be able to ask you questions and not worry about being a spotlight hog and... um yeah, I, I said it before and I'll say it again. This, this is the most fun I've ever had playing D&D. And that's not, that's not to poo-poo your previous campaigns or Thony's previous campaigns or Mike and Nick Nahan's, anybody's. It's just, this was an awesome experience and I loved it and thank you. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it and I hope we get to do more of it. Me too. So listeners, if you liked this, uh, let us know. If you didn't like this, then, uh, why don't you go join the ancestors early? Wow, Wake Wagner yeah. coming in with the threats at the end there. Wake Wagner. <laughs> there's, I like to think there's a Punchy McHugh analog somewhere out there on the plains, just like just just punching his way through life. Oh, I'm sure Wake Wagner will show up in this D and D campaign someday. Fantastic, and I want to hear your version of his voice. It's going to be great. It is. All right. All right, all my bunnies. Um, thank you all for listening. If you did. And let us know what's up, and we love you forever! Goodbye forever! Oh, my buddies!